Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahedy. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. We'll have another new Minister for Agriculture in the hot seat at the department at a time when all sectors of the industry are still battling to cope with the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. The importance of tillage to the farm economies in the spotlight as we hear calls from the IFA for the sector to get support. We cover the last round of fertiliser as we draw closer to the closing dates for spreading chemical fertiliser for 2020. Our Tagusk advisory looks at how the local green start is being rolled out in the new normal. Farm Talk's John O'Connor looks at other stories making the agri-news. Farm Talk on C103. The big story this week surrounded the Agriculture Minister's portfolio in the Cabinet again. Derek Killeary tendered his resignation in the fallout from the so-called Gulfgate incident in Galway. Smith-Heard Minister takes over the mantle in what's been a short-lived position for the previous two incumbents in government. More on that story at a later time. An outbreak of COVID-19 was confirmed at a dairy facility in County Kildare during the week. Glanbia confirmed four staff members from its Ballator plant had tested positive for the virus. The South Kildare facility remains open, but the company said it's following all appropriate advice. It's the latest outbreak to hit the Midlands. An ABP worker in Care County Tipperary was confirmed as having coronavirus and around 30 workers from the Boning Hall were being tested, after which it emerged yesterday another eight staff had tested positive. Up to 30 workers at the Walsh Mushroom plant in Golden County Tipperary had received positive results from their tests and more were expected after the plant had closed a week ago yesterday. COVID-19 testing of 3,500 staff in meat processing factories in the Midlands got underway. It's after numerous clusters of the virus had been detected in these plants. IFA President Tim Cullinan gave his reaction to the news from Glanbia, the first significant positive test in the dairy processing sector. Obviously, if it's in the dairy sector, it is a worry. But I suppose, look, I just want to reiterate from what I've been saying for quite a while now, we need to speed up the testing, but getting the results back from the test, you know, because obviously the sooner uh, people that have COVID identified, you know, we'll have less transmission to other people, particularly in the workplace. Every day that there's one extra case, it's very worrying. You know, there's, there's quite a amount of them right around the moment. The one thing here is we have to remember like to fight this virus, we need good quality food as well. And for that to happen, you need two things. You need the farmers working on the ground, but we need the industry processing the food as well. So, you know, we all have to work together in this and continue the fight to get through this. As farmers, you know, we have done everything we 
can in our power to you know, to produce the food and in fairness everybody in the process and industry has done the same so this is a very difficult period and as i say it's for the experts to make those decisions to discuss the latest developments in more detail i'm joined by hannah quinn mulligan news correspondent with the irish farmers journal and i put it to hannah that there was understandable concern at the news emerging from glanbia this week there was we'd heard of a couple of individual cases um occurring in dairy co-ops and processors around the country up until this point but this was the most publicized one and definitely the first public outbreak that we had as well in a dairy processor so there was some concern around that now i think it's probably important to stress that uh, glombia is working fully with the hse and that all staff were tested we understand on wednesday in that facility there were over 100 staff tested as well and I think it's important to stress as well that working in a dairy processor is a very different environment to a meat processor. So we wouldn't expect the same conditions when we talk about those cool temperatures in meat plants and kind of the lots of noise and lots of shouting that helps the spread of the virus. That isn't quite the same in a dairy processor. So we're not expecting to see big outbreaks, say, in co-ops in the, in the south of the country or anything like that. But we had seen, of course, the circumstances again in the meat plants, ABP in Tipperary. So these still an ongoing worry, as it were, in that industry. It is. It's a, it's a big concern. I suppose up until this point, we've had 26 clusters in meat factories around the country. Now, there were about 22 clusters in primary meat processors, say, slaughter, um, factories up to the beginning of June and that there was a very high outbreak over a thousand workers altogether had tested positive and now we've reached August and about 99% of those workers who originally infected have actually thankfully gone back to work but then we saw this explosive outbreak I suppose in Kildare Chilling with well over 150 workers and also we saw other processors we saw O'Brien's Fine Foods we saw Carol's Cuisine and Irish Dog Foods as well. And then that, that all contributed to the localised lockdown. So that was concerning then for Tipperary and for the people in Tipperary because we had one case in ABP Care and we understand that up to 30 workers are self-isolating just to be on the safe side. And then also we had 29 workers in Walsh Mushrooms as well test positive. So there was a lot of talk in Tipperary and a lot of concern that there could be a local lockdown. But thankfully, that hasn't been the case yet. But of course, we are concerned that there might be more restrictions in the pipeline coming down from um, Cabinet later on. And just in relation to those restrictions, what difference will it make from this week on, Hannah, in terms of the uh, dairy and ag industry? So... I suppose, well, for farmers, the first thing about restrictions is from Monday, actually, that masks will be mandatory in March. So if you didn't have your face mask, make sure that you have it from next Monday. And I guess then as a whole for the dairy and for the meat industry, the government is planning to roll out this once a week testing. Now, what's interesting is that originally Taoiseach Micheál Martin said that testing would just be for meat factories. But then this week we were contacted by people in the dairy industry saying that they'd received HSE documents informing them that they had to test all their workers as well. So there was a little bit of surprise within the dairy industry about this and I suppose it was well it was a very quick turnaround so they got these HSE documents last last Friday some of them not all of them and then they were expected to fill in the um, name and address and even the gender and the phone number of every single one of their employees and have it returned to the HSE by close of business on Tuesday so uh, that was a very quick turnaround time and now as well we have it that the HSE are expecting to do on-site testing of all staff once a week 
And it doesn't just appear to be in the lockdown counties, it appears to be in the surrounding counties as well and, and counties further afield that have received, where um, facilities and factories have received these documents. So some eyebrows raised, especially given that dairy processors definitely have not been hit as hard as meat factories, um, especially given the rigours of the testing. If you consider that and take Dairy Gold or take Kerry, they might have several hundred employees at one facility. So the HSE is expecting to test all those workers on site on one day, and they want to do that on the same day every single week. So it's raised a few eyebrows and also wondering how the HSE are going to deliver those test results when they seem to be struggling in certain areas to deliver test results on time. And the other story that you have this week in relation to virus spreading across eight metre distance in meat plants, research there that you were using from Germany. Tell us a little bit about that. So I guess we can see that the meat outbreaks haven't just been an issue for Ireland. They've been an issue for other countries as well. And this meat plant, Tonnes, it's a pig plant in Germany and it employs about 7,000 people. And there was a massive outbreak there where over 1,500 workers contracted the virus. So they've done some research there and it would appear that, like I was saying before, the low temperatures that seem to make the virus spread spread more easily. What they seem to have found is that usually when we talk about a two metre distance being a safe distance, actually in those cool temperatures that you find in meat factories, maybe an eight metre distance is actually needed to be on the safe side. So Unfortunately, just that working environment, those low temperatures do seem to help the spread of the virus. And that's concerning, not just when you think about the food industry, but then when you think about winter that's coming as well. And there's lots of talk about the flu season and also potentially a resurgence of the virus then as well. Hannah Quinn Mulligan, news correspondent with the Irish Farmers Journal. Commenting on the opening up of the beef finisher scheme, ICMSA livestock chairperson Mr Des Morrison reminds all livestock farmers who sent animals to the factory in the reference period of February the 1st to June 12th to log in to their agfood.ie account and submit their application for the beef finisher scheme. Mr Morrison said there are detailed explanations on how to apply and the terms and conditions are set out in the document published by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine in the last number of weeks. Mr Morrison reminds farmers who had sold animals to the mart or dealers that in the event of those animals ending up being slaughtered within 30 days of purchase that the selling farmers will also be eligible for the premium too. He went on to elaborate, in those circumstances, those farmers need to log in to the agfood.ie profile and the details of those animals should be up on the system. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine have data from the AIMS system, Animal Movements, and when a farmer or their agent logs onto the system, then data for their herd on the AIMS system will be presented to the farmer, listing those animals which are eligible for payment. And Mr Morrison asks the department to make sure that applications for this scheme would be processed in the shortest time frame after closing date of September 9th and payments should be made promptly thereafter. And that statement from Mr Des Morrison, ICMSA Livestock Chairperson. 
John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. ICSA has slammed Meat Industry Ireland for implying that farmers would have to bear the cost of any future factory closures or disruptions due to the COVID-19 testing delays. At the Oireachtas COVID Committee, MII suggested that testing delays could impact prices paid to farmers. Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association says consumer demand hasn't dropped and most factories complain about having surplus capacity. The slack could be taken up by factories where testing has been completed without imposing further hardship on farmers. IFA said the comments from Meat Industry Ireland were inflammatory and wrong. While it's clear that quicker COVID test results are needed, to link it with prices to farmers is unacceptable, it said. IFA's welcomed the move by Lakeland Dairies to increase the July milk price by one cent a litre. The announcement comes after the Farmers Association had highlighted international milk comparisons which showed Irish milk purchasers were performing below par. Kerry, Dairy Gold and Glanbia respectively came in below the average for the leading European processors. Other co-ops are settling their prices over the coming days and IFA is encouraging them to follow Lakeland's example and return at least an additional one cent a litre to their suppliers. Farm Talk's John O'Connor has more on the milk prices. Mr Gerald Quayne, the chairperson of the ICMSA's Dairy Committee, said he would like to see more focus on the fact that dairy markets moved forward again during July, as evidenced by the higher or newer PPI for that month. Chair Quayne said that looking across the European Union and the UK dairy prices, most data continues to indicate upwards movement. Mr Quayne said that the Arnua PPI moved from 101.3 in June to 101.7 in July. And while that's obviously a marginal increase, it does reinforce the analysis that dairy markets are still moving in the right direction. The ICMSA spokesperson said that the average milk price in the European Union for June was 32.24 cents a kg, with Irish processors, he contended, languishing at the low end of the milk price league. He said farmers across the European Union were now receiving bonuses for the number of grazing days, while here in Ireland, where our whole system is actually grass-based, we don't even seem to be getting a milk price in the top half of the European Union's milk price league, let alone receive a grazing bonus. Jerquain said that stress on grass-fed dairy products is being led by the consumer and is attracting premium prices. He said there was no doubt that Irish milk suppliers were not receiving their due regard in this area. He said the Ornua PPI had moved forward again and at a minimum it gives those co-ops in the lower half of the league an opportunity to raise their milk price and begin climbing towards the level of the top payers. That statement from the ICMSA Dairy Committee Chairperson, Mr Gerald Quayne. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Joining us now is Catherine Hurley, Dairy Gold Agri-Sales Support Advisor, to cover the last round of fertiliser. As we draw closer to the closing dates for spreading chemical fertiliser for 2020, addressing any soil deficiency issues will help you set up your farm for increased grass production during the winter period and in the spring of 2021. So I began by asking Catherine, what will determine the amount of fertilisers that farmers will be spreading? I suppose firstly anyway, with the heavy rain all week, um Farmers need to be, I suppose, particularly careful spreading the last round. It might go without saying, but only spread when the ground is dried out to an acceptable level. So, you know, obviously avoiding runoff and leaching. 
so I suppose, yeah, look, there's a few factors here and a couple of things come into account when you're deciding how much to spread. So what has been spread to date and how long your grazing season is. Looking at the land type here is a big factor. Whether you like it or not, there's a big difference between grazing ground in Cork and grazing ground in Limerick. Um, you have to work with what you got. There's no point spreading it and you're going to be locked up earlier in the season. So keep a close eye on your allowances. Typically, farmers that will be aiming to close uh, grazing ground, maybe the middle of November, will be spreading somewhere maybe between 30, 35 units. Um, and where it's really tight then, maybe 40 if they're pushing it. But this really shouldn't be the case. Um, covers on the ground at the moment, looking at, it, at them myself, they're a lot heavier. So I suppose after that, then maybe stocking rate on farm, current farm cover and growth rates, they'll all come into effect. So it's third week of August, um, farm stock maybe two and a half units per hectare should have an average farm cover, maybe 250 and aiming for 300 to build that grass wedge coming the 1st of September and that's cover per cow. So if the farm is struggling to meet these targets, I would advise maybe spread and push it with 35 units, maybe a bit more if you do have the allowance. Um, but I suppose if the grass then is comfortable where it is, uh, 30 units should be fine to see you until the end of the season. Um, spreading fertilizer as well. If you do have fertilizer to go out, spread it as soon as um, conditions allow because you're going to see the better, you're going to see a better results uh, and response from your fertilizer now compared to the evening of the deadline, which is the 15th of September. So I suppose then um, where you're spreading it then as well, it, we're, you know, we're coming into the shoulder of the year and this is where you're going to see the benefits of the reseeded, reseeded ground. And the newer leaves will respond much better at the end of the start of the grazing season to fertilizer. And you'll really get that extension of the uh, grazing season. And you won't see the same response with the older lake, older swords, I suppose. Yeah. And the formulation of the fertilizers then, Catherine, what should they be using, the straights or compounds? So I suppose um, when you're juggling this, I suppose if, you're, if your soil test being done, use those results to make your decisions. Ideally, this would be done. But if it's not, don't panic, but do put it in the diary and get it done for October, November. And it, it costs roughly maybe 50 cents an acre. Um, actually, this is how you can see the best res- response and return from your fertilizer. If you don't know what's in the ground, you know, how would you know what to put in it? Um, so I suppose if you do have the results, maybe look at your allowances, look at addressing soil indexes, indexes if there's um, any issue. It's a good time to, of the year, I suppose, to adjust these. Um, depending on your soil results and your P's and K's um, uh, indexes, I suppose, if they're not an issue, straight nitrogen is fine. This time of year, weather conditions, they allow for straight urea and nothing wrong with that as long as they're spread correctly. Um, I suppose it's quite cost-effective fertiliser as well. So another option then for building up soils uh, would of your P's and K's um, be even just to maintain ter- them in by using, um, I suppose, organic materials such as starry, farmyard manure. It's cost-effective and um, very good for building up and maintaining P's and K's. I suppose um, looking at your results, you'll be able to pick out paddocks and get them grazing time so sorry can be spread on them before the closing date. Um, soil testing then they will also show up there um, your lime um, or what you need to spread I suppose autumn is a great time to correct pH soil pH is a major issue um, on farms um, 
the soil testing will identify the problem paddocks and you'll be able to take action then. If you're looking at recent figures, even from Chagas, um, the dairy soil health, only 21% of soils tested have actually optimum pH, um, P and K indexes. So the pH of the soil is incorrect. Uh, it limits the efficiency and the effectiveness of the fertilizer that you are spreading. So no matter how much uh, fertilizer you do spread, if the pH is wrong, the full potential of the soil can't be unlocked. And you won't see, well, you'll see good grass growth, but you won't see the best that it can be. So um, I suppose soil testing will really determine that, um, whether it's the compounds or the straight. And finally, in general, what are the benefits of having the soils at the correct index? You get the most out of your uh, fertiliser that you're spreading. So um, if you have them at the, at the optimum indexes, you'll see the better return. And there's, no, there's not going to be any uh, P's or K's locked up in the soil. Um, and that goes in regards with lime as well in your pH. If your pH is correct, you'll see the better response from the fertilizer that you're spreading. You'll get more grass. And even like if you're looking at different figures, like if you're getting more grass, if you're getting a ton of dry matter a hectare a year, it's worth 180 euro to a dairy farmer. That alone, like you're saving on all your costs, really. Catherine Hurley, Dairy Gold, Agri Sales Support Advisor. Payments under the CAF investment scheme have commenced. Minister Dara Kaliri expressed satisfaction with the level of interest in the scheme, which he pointed out had been put in place in advance of the spring calving season, with a view to ensuring the highest possible calf welfare outcomes and to provide targeted support for the rearing of beef calves from the Irish dairy herd, as well as replacement heifer calves born on Irish dairy farms. The investment focuses on computerised calf feeders, milk carts with mixer included and calf teat feeders. When a farmer purchased one of these items, they were also eligible to receive support for the purchase of other items such as calf milk heaters, calf forage or hay racks, calf meal trucks, calf feed barriers and calf pen dividers. Minister Kaliri encouraged anyone that had received approval to purchase their equipment to now submit their payment claim as soon as possible. All approved applicants are reminded their application for payment must be submitted by the extended deadline of end of September, that's September 30th, 2020, at the very latest. The CAF investment scheme was launched last December and opened for applications on 7th of January 2020. Over 2,300 applications were received and approved under the scheme. In expressing his satisfaction with the response, the Minister reiterated that the primary policy objective of the scheme was to support farmers in ensuring the welfare of calves born on Irish dairy farms and recognising the operational challenges associated with feeding in the early weeks of their lives. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We continue this week's Farm Talk with our weekly Tagusk Advisory. This week, we're looking at the rollout of the Green Cert, given the COVID-19 restrictions within which we now operate. McCroom-based advisor Pat Flannery joins us and I asked him about how the education programme is managing at this time. Yes, of course, that's changed everything and, and the Green Cert is no exception. And I suppose my image on this is um, back in March, April, when we, when we changed over to a new approach with COVID of one of the students uh, being beamed in from his tractor and coming in from his tractor seat with his books there in front of him and walking off the books and we, we got a view of his what he was doing out in the field and, and spreading a bit of story and so on. And it's kind of an image that sticks with me in terms of the new approach that um, that we're do, doing a good bit now stuff remotely with the students and we're linking with them online a good bit. And I suppose we're keeping the thing going because farming is keeping going and it's essential and these people are looking to keep going with their certs and get the certs done again for different reasons and different deadlines. And I suppose we've as we move on now and develop, I suppose, and as students come come into us again, we're we're looking maybe at mixing it up a little bit as well of of bringing a little bit of contact into it. And we have a, I suppose, we have the liberty with the green cert in that we can do a fair bit of work outside and out, you know, out on the college farm or farms or down in yards and outside in the external. So we'll be doing a bit of contact with that because we we have found that. Um, that's been very important as well in that the online has certainly been a huge help. But if we can mix in some of the online uh, the online and the contact, um, that's the way we'd be hoping to go. Even, even though, as we say, it's a bit new territory, we'll be stretching ourselves a little bit to, to make progress and to see what's the best we can do um, over the next few months now to keep everything going and to see how do we deliver it differently, but still deliver it as well as possible. Um, and that's the kind of, I suppose, the kernel how how it has changed. We're still, in, in essence, we're still doing the green cert and the training, but the delivery method has changed, and will continue to change. I think as we try and, and work with it. Did you find, or did the students find, when this change had to be made, Pat, that it became difficult, or that it it wasn't what it used to be in the way that you'd been delivering the the course and the material? There was challenges to various. Some people took to it. I mean. Give a lot of credit to students. They they did what they could in terms of linking in online and participating online and becoming involved online and working remotely on phones and emails and all sorts of uh, of efforts. Um, but it, it is a challenge because I suppose it's very new and um, it's you know we had to adjust very quickly um, in terms of trying to make a to keep the thing moving along and 
that was different challenges then in terms of um, broadband and people's commitments then outside of the green cert, which which was a feature of COVID as well. So you know, we we um, it was a challenge and it's an ongoing challenge, and and, and there's no denying that. But um, there's been also upsides to it in terms of maybe students not having to leave the tractor, as I say, and um, maybe having to maybe be able to to engage a little bit more on, on a practical level from their farm as well. Well, the reality of it is, Pat, that yeah. farming life has gone on and now, you know, yeah. you're, you're still trying to educate. And the present approach to starting the new local Green Start course, how are you managing that? OK, well, I suppose, again, thinking about this, um, it's nearly 40 years since my brother did the Green Start now at this stage. And the Green Start was going even before that. And I suppose it's, a, it's a, just a, a well-established course, really well-established course now at this stage. So... It, it has been affected by COVID, but we're looking to try and still know that farming is continuing and the training needs to continue and people need to, to go through the training process. So we're looking at, you know, working with the COVID now and keeping going as much as possible with courses, evolving and, and keeping it fluid and so on. So Clannacilty College is starting back quite soon with their full-time students and they'll be looking to, to work with the restrictions there and but still start back and start the training and their first year's going in and second year's coming back and so on. And there's also online courses. So the second option we have is online courses and, and they're going to be offered over the next week, weeks and months as well. So people should keep in contact with the Chagas Office on that. Particularly in West Cork, we're looking at doing a, a, a part-time course uh, and we're looking at taking expressions of interest on that at the moment so again if anybody wants to talk about that and have a chat with me or anybody about that you know it's really good to have a to, to link in with any of the, the Chagas West Cork offices on that particular one which is you know Chagas McCroom, Chagas Clan or, or Chagas Skibbereen and we'd be very happy to talk about that and we have a little bit of time in our hands um, to, to, to work out the suitability of the courses then for people. Now it's a big achievement there you mentioned 40 years that this yeah. Tagish Green Cert course has been running for longer, I suppose. So yeah, what are yeah. the ongoing benefits of, of completing it, Pat? Okay, well, well again, what I, what I thinking about this, um, Barry, what I would look at there is, I mean, one of the chaps on the present course, I just turned to him there one evening there recently, and I was saying, you know, that he's been very committed to the course. And um, while he acknowledged that, what, the point he was making is that he would actually miss it when it finished in terms of the, what he was getting at there, I think, that, you know, for different, different points, but, I suppose essentially was the, the contact he has with, with the other students, the, the, the bonds he's formed, the, the, the group work, the way they've developed as a group and as individuals and the bigger picture in terms of how they've come through it. And I suppose that, I think, is a, is a, is a critical feature of the Green Cert, no more than any education, to be fair. You know, and and we, we kind of can then also emphasise the doing and learning by doing. And even through COVID now, we're doing a lot of project work and getting people involved in, you know, fairly hands-on, practical, real-time projects. Um, and that's, you know, that stands to them, you know, both now and going forward in terms of dealing with farming as it, as it is now in terms of the different businesses in, uh, that so on is involved. I suppose for many then, there is definitely some tax relief and, and, and maybe payments or grant benefits of the course. And that's hugely important in these times as well. And I think it overall, it's, you know, it, it just provides people with, you know, very good training 
as they go back to their farms or come and go from their farms. And it's a recognised training that that really kind of covers a lot of the, the key elements that they need, you know, uh, going forward. Now, up until this week, Pat, it had looked as if we were going forward nicely in terms of our progress through this whole virus pandemic, but there have been some restrictions again. So just from your own experience of how it's been working out and where you're going to, how do you think that might affect what you're doing, given what we know now of the restrictions that were announced earlier this week? Well, I would say on that, Barry, on, on the education side, briefly again, we're going ahead, but being very mindful of the restrictions and what we need to do to make it as smooth as possible as, as the students come back in person or even in some cases don't come back because of the restrictions. We just have to work all that in. And I know on the farming side and the advisory side, I'm based in McCroom and back and forward to McCroom a bit still. And what we're, we're trying to do there is, um, you know, keep the normality as much as, as, as you can in these times in terms of somebody being in the office. If, if somebody wants to drop in and we have a protocol there that they can come in and uh, make an appointment, but come in as well and, and meet us and, um, um, you know, maybe iron out some issues because the issues don't go away. And obviously we're available on phones and emails as well, which which, which can help in these times as well. And we're keeping a, um, a profile up online as well and, and with, with, with magazines and um, with newsletters and with, um, with videos, just maybe to keep people, you know, to keep in contact, to keep the the guidance out there and maybe the, the relationship and the connection out there. It's not an easy thing to do, I'd imagine, Pat, given some of the restrictions that we're seeing, but learning will continue. Hopefully the practical side of it too, people getting out and about and yes. getting into the field, as it were, can yes. continue and continue soon. Yes, yes, that, that would be the intention with, with a lot of precautions. McCroom-based Tiagask advisor Pat Flannery there on how the green cert is being rolled out given the COVID-19 restrictions. Women in rural Ireland who believe they have a business idea which could be successful in the COVID-19 and post-COVID-19 era are invited to apply for one of the 50 places available under the Rural Innovation and Development Fund ACORN initiative. This is the sixth round of the ACORN initiative encouraging rural female entrepreneurs. ACORNS stands for Accelerating the Creation of Rural Nascent Startups. The call is now open for women with new business ideas or well-developed ideas to join the new round of the free Acorns 6 programme. In total, over 200 female entrepreneurs living in rural Ireland will be supported by Acorns in the coming months. Supporting sustainable enterprise and business startup activity in rural areas is seen by the government as vital to support Ireland's post-COVID-19 recovery. The closing date for applications is 21st of September 2020. Further information on the ACORN Startup Programme in conjunction with the European Union's Rural Development and Innovation Fund available from the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine at the following phone number 01607-2802. That's 01607-2802 or our website www.agriculture.gov.ie all lowercase prefix 353 if phoning from outside Ireland at the moment. Another website not directly connected to Acorns may be of interest to returned Irish emigrants with conceptual stage rural business ideas. The site was developed by Miss Paula Fitzsimons of Fitzsimons Consulting and that's uh, www.agriculture.gov.ie 
backforbusiness.com, all lowercase. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. We continue this week's Farm Talk with a topical item on Irish tillage and the recent calls from the IFA for all stakeholders to support the sector. Farm Talk's John O'Connor joins me. John, what is the estimated value of the tillage sector to the rural farm gate economy? Well, Barry, the sector contributes over €650 million value to Ireland's rural farm gate economy. It's of critical importance to our €13 billion livestock, dairy, food, drinks and mushroom exports. It's a fact that we as a country do not produce enough grain to supply the demands of the various sectors acquiring grain for animal feed and the drinks industry. So it looks as if even in the best of years, we have to import some grain and animal feed. Can we, as an exporting nation, object to imports of grain or other animal feeds to sustain our massive 13 billion euro agri-sector production and exports? Of course we shouldn't object in principle to imports, but Irish tillage farmers, the IFA and indeed other farm organisations, oppose imports from countries outside the European Union which are not subject to the strict regulations which Irish and EU growers are subjected to. Countries where chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, long banned or about to be banned in the European Union are freely and legally available in these countries and used regularly. Tillage growers here are also concerned, of course, about the potential threat posed by so-called black grass seeds being brought into Ireland in ship cargoes, or indeed the accidental importation of other invasive plant or insect species which could devastate Irish agriculture. Specifically, what can Irish farmers right across the agri-sector do to promote the Irish tillage sector? Barry, purchasers of animal feed should support native Irish grains and proteins by checking the label on the bag or container. They must ensure that Irish grain is included. Some mills indeed, the IFA claim, are including no native Irish grain in rations. I understand our Farm Talk programme sponsor, Dairy Gold, is a strong supporter of native grain and protein, beans, etc., Indeed, in 2019, Dairy Gold recorded an intake of 110,000 tonnes of Irish grain. Mr Coleman Purcell, Senior Feed Nutritionist for Dairy Gold, based at Lombardstown, where all of the Dairy Gold feeds are manufactured, is a very strong supporter of native grains and proteins. His work includes formulating feeds for dairy and beef stock, poultry and horses. Coleman holds a strong informed opinion as to the value of our harvest grains in compounded feed and he maximises their use. So our Farm Talk sponsor is keenly aware of the great value of native grain and protein crops in compounded feed. I understand the area under tillage cultivation is decreasing and the financial return not so attractive according to tillage farmers. That's correct Barry. Firstly, the area of grain production is actually down by 17% from 2012. That's according to a recent IFA press release which warned that without targeted measures and a strategic plan for the tillage sector, this decline would continue. The Chagas National Farm Survey found tillage farm incomes had fallen by 15% in 2019 when compared to 2018. 
Current prices don't even cover production costs, according to the IFA Grain Committee Chairman, Mr Mark Brown. And tillage farmers feel undercut by inferior imported product, according to industry sources. Well, Irish tillage farmers say it's very frustrating to see the price of quality-assured Irish grain being undermined by third-country feedstuff imports, which are not produced to the same high environmental standards as Irish and EU grain. So to sum up, I suppose, the message for all stakeholders in Irish agriculture would be keep an eye on the ingredients label and any feedstuffs before you purchase to ensure the maximum native grain is included. Exactly, Barry. We need to keep pushing the use Irish grain message. Thanks, John. IFA says the approval process for TAMS is too slow and must be speeded up as farm investment is held up. TAM 17 closed as far back as June 6th last with about 5,000 applicants. However, there are a significant number of farmers who have yet to get approval and installed farm investment plans which need to be done. IFA Rural Development Chair Michael Biggins pointed out the economy is trying to come out of the economic downturn as a result of the COVID and it's vitally important the approvals process is overhauled. Tranche 18 is just closed and the Minister for Agriculture is being urged to ensure that any delays are addressed. Michael Biggins wants an early signal from the Minister. TAMS will be extended beyond December 31st next under EU CAP transitional rules. IFA estimates there will be still €135 million Euro of unspent funds. Applicants who apply and are approved will have a call on this funding, but it's important there's a significant allocation to TAMS in October's budget to allow new applicants into the scheme next year. IFA seeking an allocation of €120 million Euro for the scheme in 2021. ICMSA wants the Minister for Agriculture to look at all the possibilities around restarting beef exports to China. Livestock Committee Chair Des Morrison said the halt to beef exports from Ireland to China came at a time when it looked as if they were really in their stride in terms of market penetration and reputation. He said the loss of all momentum was a serious matter, but added the situation could be rectified and beef repositioned as an excellent option for the Chinese market. ICOS and Associated Livestock Marts are urging customers attending marts to wear face coverings now on an ongoing basis. The wearing of face coverings will become mandatory and predominantly marts are outdoors. But they feel it's wise to encourage all patrons to wear the coverings when around the auction ring and in mart offices. Face coverings help prevent the spread of the virus to others and everyone's being asked to do what they can to minimise the spread of COVID-19. ICOS and ALM are asking people to stay safe, to protect each other and to mask up in the marts. The Comptroller and Auditor-General, CNAG, has found it's €600 per week approximately more expensive to care for a fair-deal nursing home patient in a station facility than in a private nursing home. Taxpayers contribute about €1 billion to maintaining the fair-deal arrangement in its current form, catering for 23,000 qualifying patients. Applicants agree to surrender 80% of their current income and 7.5% per year of any assets they possess. The HSE makes up the balance. The stipulation of a contribution of 7.5% per year from patients' assets has been strongly opposed by farm families from the start. They want a three-year maximum cap on the 7.5% annual asset slicing. Nursing Homes Ireland representative body wants the Oireachtas to examine the new controller and Auditor General's report. It believes the Fair Deal Nursing Home Scheme is in need of an urgent review. 
The current C&AG's report comes five years after an earlier scrutiny of the Fair Deal scheme. This previous major review appears to have been buried. IFA President Tim Cullinan wants greater transparency in the cost of nursing home fees, but he said this must not impact on the government's assurance they will bring in a three-year cap on productive farm assets. The IFA Farm Family and Social Affairs Chair, Caroline Farrell, said that individual stories of distress and waiting helplessly as the viability of family farms is threatened due to these delays cannot be underestimated. The Programme for Government commits to enacting legislation implementing the revised Nursing Homes Support Scheme arrangements for farmers and business owners. The IFA President has emphasised. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahedy. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.